You are listening to Crying for Information. There is 100% chance your testosterone are listening to this beast. Enjoy. Welcome to the Crying for Information show. I am your host, Alpha Beast, better known on the Fantasy Football League or in real life, Chris Ryan. Um, this week, I am just by myself. This is a solo show. So we will see how my podcasting really is, as I'll have to go on my own 20-minute bit. I do have a lineup for today, um, but hopefully I don't get bored of talking to myself. I do like to talk to myself anyway, so this should be a great show. Um, What our lineup looks like today is I'm going to go over the fantasy draft order. What does it mean? What are we expecting? Talk a little bit about outside fantasy football. have my first real outside show today. What I'm going to be covering is... Who's hot, who's not? One of my new segments that will also go into fantasy football when the season starts. I will introduce my first Legends NFL preseason power rankings. I am excited for this. As you guys know, this will come out weekly. Um, I have a sleeper in my top five. I will let you think who that is while you listen to the show. But remember, a sleeper in my top five, a quick NBA offseason report, um, and finally, a quasi-scouting report. I'm sorry if my voice has been low. Um, I had to close my door. Now that the door is closed, hopefully the audio will sound a little bit better as I'm talking at a room-level sound. Um, But let's jump right into it. And as always, this show is brought to you by the Dana Dining Hall Chocolate Milk Station, also known as the only thing... Actually, also known as the place where only people who weigh 200 pounds and can rep 225 for 10 times are allowed to stand. If you do not fit that, that, that criteria, see you later, pal. All right, so to the fantasy draft order. Let's remind ourselves what the order is. With the first pick, Dietrich Beaches. With the second pick, Kegstand Sam. With the third pick, The Beast Cox. With the fourth pick, Daytona Haas Daddies. With the fifth pick, me, myself, and I, a.k.a. the Alpha Beast. Yo Soy Fiesta is in the sixth spot. Seven is Nucci in the huddle, or better known as Nookie in the huddle. Finally, n- not finally, eighth, we have the Learners football team. Ninth, Petey Pablo. Motherfuckers, I guess I'll say it. Tenth, take a shot. Eleventh, Dirty Mike's Meat Locker. And finally, in the twelfth spot, get downs on it. Now, when we look at this order, what does this order mean? First off, before I even get to that, how could I forget this? I want to thank Stu Finer for such an outstanding job um, picking our list. I really would love to have a conversation with him about how he picked our list, and he probably does a lot of these, as we know, but really crazy list um, as Get Downs on it. Last year's champion is in the 12th spot. So what does this fantasy order mean? First off, as we all know, Nuge wants that for wants Josh Allen, which he believes is the first pick. My number one storyline for this year's draft: Will someone fuck with Nuge and draft Josh Allen before the seventh spot in the first round? Now, already seventh in the first round, I think is a reach for Josh Allen. I've probably done three fantasy drafts right now. The earliest he has been selected is around the third round for any of these leagues. And when ESPN did their anal- televised analyst mock or real fantasy football draft, Josh Allen was picked in the fifth round. So why might he go before the seventh pick in the first round? One answer. Tom Foolery. I know of some people in the top seven. I have sources. I'm not going to disclose my sources who are considering taking him for some Tom Foolery Tanooch. Now... 
Honestly, I, as commissioner, I could see that being a little bit of a problem. But if you're going to take Josh Allen with the fourth pick or the third pick um, or whoever it is in the draft, like it, either if, if it's Alec, if it's um, Sam, if it's me, if it's Dayton, uh, Dylan, Matt, um, or Carzo, I almost think, you know what, go ahead. Because in that top seven spot, there are a couple players who are much more valuable than Josh Allen. No offense to Josh Allen. There's probably a chance you can get a quarterback who will finish with three less points average in the 12th round. And if you think about that, are you really going to take a quarterback in the spot? You should be taking a running back, wide receiver, or possibly Kelsey, realistically, if we look at fantasy rankings. Do I want to take Josh Allen there and get a quarterback or a, excuse my language, a running back, wide receiver, or tight end in the 12th round who will probably finish with 11 11 less points per game than one of those top five picks you hope for? So that's why I think if one of the top six, other than Nooch, are going to take Josh Allen, I think the tomfoolery is totally allowed. I think it is totally allowed. If you want to risk losing a top-tier running back, tight end or wide receiver, in the first round because you want to fuck with your friend, you're an idiot. right? You're being selfish towards yourself. You're being selfish towards the ownership. And you're being selfish towards your team. Because if you really cared about your team, you would not take Josh Allen in the first round. Just thinking about it makes me laugh. Um, so that is my number one storyline. My number two storyline is what will Downs do with the back-to-back picks? As we know, 12 is a terrible number when you think of being last in order, but it's really great when you have that first round, first pick in the second round. If I'm downs, I see this as a possibility. Maybe I take two of the best pass catchers. Maybe I take a a high-level running back in the top pass catcher. Downs has a lot of opportunity going back-to-back in the first and second, first, second, and then the third and fourth round. I see that as a sleeper spot for someone to build the best team. My Third headline of the preseason. How will Dylan respond after a down year? Right? Dylan is in the four spot of the draft. Is Dylan going to side with Tom Foolery and fuck with Nooch? I don't know. The group chat's been crazy recently. I do not know. It is something I've been thinking about the group chat and that relationship. Secondly, if Dylan does that, he's really putting himself in a bad position. Because as I said, Dylan had a down year last year. And I think for someone who's about to have a kid, fantasy football is a necessity in terms of winning. He's a dad now. He needs to tell his dad friends about his fantasy football league. He needs to be able to talk to other dads about, oh, who should I start? So-and-so, you know, for dad, fantasy football is huge. So I think that makes this year the most important year in the history of Dylan's fantasy football career. Will he sink or will he swim? I guess we'll find out. But with that fourth pick, he has a huge responsibility to not only himself, but his future child. Next, our fourth preseason headline about this order, or something that stands out to me, is (sighs) Carzo in that third spot. Now, with the third pick, most likely I'm assuming that McCaffrey's off the board, and then probably if we look at the ESPN rankings – either Dalvin, probably Dalvin Cook. There are three running backs. I'd probably say you have no idea what their outcome will be. Either it's a really high bar or it could be all right. So we have Barkley, Saquon Barkley. Coming off that ACL injury, I could see him having an AP-like comeback season. 
I could also see him being kind of not that great because the Giants O-line isn't looking great this year. The second option, Kamara. Similar except with the injury, how much are they going to use Kamara if Jameis Winston is the quarterback? Are the Saints going to be down a lot where they're going to throw the ball more than they ran it in the past couple years? Will Kamara be more of a wide receiver than a running back this year with Jameis at the helm? I don't know. I think if Hill is to be their starter, I think there is a lot, excuse me, a lot higher upside for Kamara. But if Winston is the Carter starter, I think the opposite. So that's your second option. And third, this might be my wild card. Someone I'm kind of thinking about in my fifth pick, Ezekiel Elliott. Now, if it wasn't for hard knocks, I would probably take him fifth. But he kind of freaks me out in hard knocks. Um, not in a bad way, but like as a, in a way of, um, are you worth my fifth pick in the fantasy football draft? Dallas Cowboys have a fantastic offensive line. That's something you need to remember when thinking about taking running back. The Dallas Cowboys have an awesome, fantastic, have an awesome and fantastic two words in one there, offensive line. If, and I mean if, Dak Prescott ends up having a healthy season and they have the lead in some games now, their defense looks terrible, so they'll probably be behind a lot, which means they're going to have to throw the ball more, which takes Ezekiel uh, Elliott's value away. Um, if they're throwing the ball a lot, how involved is he in the pass game? If they're winning a lot, I think we're going to see a lot of Ezekiel Elliott. Zeke's fantasy performance this year depends on the Cowboys. If I'm Carzo in that spot, I'd probably take Zeke if I believe the Dallas Cowboys are going to be good. If I don't think the Cowboys are going to be good, let's say a large portion of this draft, I don't see Zeke getting taken to like the eighth or ninth spot. I, I really don't understand why you would take him if you think the Cowboys are going to be down a lot and they're not going to be able to run the ball. And finally, my fifth topic of the preseason in our draft order has to be what will Nucci do when it comes to the bills? If Nucci picks Josh Allen, he's definitely going to pick like, there's no way unless someone has a little bit of Tom Foley or they think Stefan Diggs is going to be really good. I don't see any way Nucci does not take Stefan Diggs in the second round. I do. I just feel like I, that's going to happen, especially if he doesn't get Josh Allen. So there's a reality we live in where Nooch has Josh Allen at court at first pick. Saquon digs with the second pick of his, of his own picks. And he might just go total fuck you mode. And with the fourth round pick, pick Cole Beasley, just so he can root for the bills and his fantasy team. Really good proposition as a fan, but I think you need to diversify your roster. Um, with that being said, I could also see Nooch ending up with a really good team, really great team. But I kind of wanted to take all bills um, just because I think that'd be kind of funny and I would laugh during the draft. All right. So those are my um, breakdown on the top 12 picks. Hope you enjoyed it Um, with this upcoming season, my preseason prediction. So this is like what I'm judging this on is you could almost call us a a pre quasi power rankings, which we're going to get to at the end of this episode. Keep listening. You want to hear these quasi prior to quasi power rankings I have for tonight. Um, and whatever time you listen to your podcast. Oh, wow. We're already 11 minutes in. I'm definitely hitting, uh, 30 minutes maybe with this show. Um, so uh, I'm going to bet I go for 29. Um, so my preseason projections, pre-draft playoff one, I'm going to have to pick myself. Uh, if you don't believe in yourself, you can't really achieve much. So I have to pick myself. No offense to anybody else. Uh, I got to believe in myself. 
I think the second team this year in the standings. So this is how I think it's going to finish. I think these are the final four. So the top four teams, first team, uh, alpha beast. I think the second best team is going to be Cormac. I love him in that seven spot. Cormac is consistent. You know, he gets up probably before anyone because who's out, who else is going to build the city? Exactly. And then a year from now, who else is going to protect the city? Exactly. Cormac is the one who cares about Boston. I'm sorry, Ryan. I think Cormac is a great spot in that seven seat spot. I'll tell you why. Picks, he's going to get one of the top six players in the second round. And in the first round, he's going to get a the guy who falls late, most likely. Let's say it's Zeke. Let's say it's Saquon Barkley, whoever. He's going to get the person who falls. This puts Cormac in an awesome position. It wouldn't surprise me if he ends up taking in the first six rounds, just knowing how Cormac thinks now. He could end up doing auto-draft, which maybe he'll take a nap. But I wouldn't be surprised if all of his first six players average 10 points a season. And that is a – I mean – you think 10 points isn't a lot. Well, if you have six guys consistent, consistently getting you 60 points every week, and I said at least, so much likely his first round and second round pick will be in like the 18 or 17 range. But if you get six guys that can at least average 10 points, you're on for a good chance in fantasy football. My third person, and this shouldn't become as a surprise, get downs on it, consistent, has a good job. He has a standing desk. When I see someone with a standing desk, I see someone who knows their limits, but also kind of wants to push it. Um, because, like, obviously, if you're going to be a beast, you just like get up and start doing. Like, you could use a chair, and you would see your chair as a time of relaxation. Instead, Kevin wants to push himself during the workplace rather than doing wall sits, push ups, or whatever. He just stands. It's kind of beast, but it's kind of beta at the same time. No offense to Kevin. Um, so that is why Kevin is in the third spot. He likes to stand at his desk. I just think he deserves a third place because he's got a stand guest. Now the fourth is going to upset some people. I'm leaving some serious players out of my top four, by the way, in case this is going to be similar to my NFL power rankings. But my fourth team is Beast Cox. I think a mix of Colin and Carzo equals success. I think it equals wins. I think it equals Beast Cox. Now, I believe that they will probably finish with a 9-4 record. And between two people, two is better than one. So my top four, again, myself, the Learners football team. Then in third, we have uh, Get Downs on it. And in fourth place, Beast Cox. Really excited for this fantasy season. Can't wait. Now for an ad from one of our sponsors, Dana Chicken Lady. Do you ever frown when giving up chicken? Do you like to make people feel uncomfortable? Is your chicken frozen and then heated up on a grill and then put in a bunch of water? If so, Dana Chicken Lady might be right for you in your life. Constantly serving chicken with a frown on her face, the only one who can take her place is a woman at the sandwich shop. She accidentally put lettuce on my sandwich, even though I specifically said none. I also found one of her hairs. Those are two great women. This has been an ad from Dana Chicken Lady. Tonight's ad was kind of awkward. I don't know. You know, sometimes you t- uh, performance enhancers, you know what I mean? Um, so outside of fantasy, my new segment, who's hot, who's not. So this is going to be a f- segment I bring into fantasy. Can't wait to do it. Thought I would demo it tonight. <clears throat> so who's hot? 
mosquitoes. Mosquitoes are definitely hot. Um, they are really enraged in the Northeast after all the rain we've gotten. I've almost considered bringing bug spray with me when I go places at night just because it's that bad. I also now buy a mosquito. I have a mosquito hat, so mosquitoes are hot. Thankfully, though, in the next couple of months, it will cool off, which means mosquitoes will obviously be cold. Who is also hot? Iced coffee during the day. Now, iced coffee has about four more weeks to stay prevalent over hot coffee. Um, I think mid-October or beginning of October is more better date um, is when hot coffee dur- during the whole day becomes more acceptable. I think at a certain point in probably G- December, there's like a one-month period where I kind of just want to rip hot coffee. Still will have like an iced coffee on a drive, but um, – Ice coffee is still hot, but it will be off the burner in a month or two, and it's enjoying its time at the top of the throne. Finally, the last person who's hot, Kevin. Um, Kevin really starts to peak at this time of the year because falls right around the corner. If you see him glowing out at Boston, don't worry. He's not sunburned or he doesn't have an um, issue. He is just hot. Now, Who's not late night sunsets. What I mean by that is the sunset at 7:33 tomorrow, which means slowly but surely we will be getting. I don't even. I don't even. I'm not even going to talk about because it, it makes me sad. Um, who is not hot? Ryan uh, won't be able to golf 24/7. Will be a little bit harder to go out when it gets super cold. Um, obviously, we know you can't cool down charter. But currently, his temperature is shrinking and will get to his low point as it normally does in the winter when he can't golf and be a beast in the summer. And finally, the last person who's not hot is Carzo. Carzo has peed on his girlfriend now this summer twice. Um, It is Lexi's birthday. I'm sure he's going to pee on her tonight and give her the um, final golden shower award um, for her birthday. But Carzo, please control your bladder when you drink for the sake of your relationship. and actually you can keep doing it because it's kind of funny well who's hot who's not hope you enjoyed it <clears throat> now for my first power rankings of this season's nfl and you know what when i'm thinking of this season's power rankings i had to go back to my roots now you might say what are your roots you beast and i'll look at you and say sunday nfl countdown theme i need some music for this part all right up oh, now we have a stupid ad so my first team in the legends nfl power rankings is the bucks all right bucks are the super bowl champs they have to be at number one to start the season pretty much brought back their whole team number two. Oh, now we're back to my roots number two i have the kansas city chiefs Chiefs ended up second in the Super Bowl. They brought back their whole team. Man, let me tell you, these Kansas City Chiefs are going to be a heck of a squad again this year. Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, Tywan Matthew, Patrick Mahomes, Clyde edwards alia You know what time it is. It's Kansas City time. End up thinking they'll go 15-2. and two. They're so good, it seems kind of stupid to not put them at one, but um, got to respect the Bucks at one. Number three, the Rams. Matt Stafford is in town. Um, and I think that makes a huge difference for difference for the LA Rams this year. I think we see them in the Super Bowl. That is my bold prediction. Now, fourth team, the Cleveland Browns. I see a lot for the Cleveland Browns this year. I believe that the Cleveland Browns will end twelve and five, if not thirteen and four. Um, I think that they have a very large. Um, 
potential. And by large potential, I mean Super Bowl potential. And it'll be really exciting to see how well Mayfield plays. If he gets his contract extension, we'll see how if Stefanski opens up the playbook for Mayfield a little bit last year. Because if you remember, before that Browns playoff game, when Stefanski was out, there was all that talk about Baker Mayfield is only great because of Kevin Stefanski. Mayfield came out in that game, played a hell of a game, also played great in the Kansas City game. They kind of blew it as a team down the stretch. Mayfield played awesome, as I was saying. So I really want to see how Mayfield does. I expect a big year. And finally, my fifth, this is my shocker. Sorry to anyone in Buffalo who expected their team in the fifth. Sorry for people from New England. Sorry for Miami. My fifth team in the NFL Power Rings are the LA Chargers. Now, let me tell you. Bosa, right? He's going to make a huge difference. He's not huge difference because he was there last year. He's going to have a huge different making seasons this year. I think he really um, puts his mark on the NFL this year. Darwin James or Darwin James. He also is coming back from his injury. That's why I said um, returning. Uh, I think he's going to be incredible. I think their defense is going to be a top 15 defense. Actually, no, screw that. Top seven and then their offense. I think Herbert has a Josh Allen-like breakout year like last year. Um, I really think he's going to crush it this year. When you look at their roster, they bulked up the offensive line this uh, offseason. Their wide receivers are very good playmakers, and they have good talent in the backfield with Eckler. Um, I also think bringing in a new coach and kind of changing the culture can open up a lot of avenues for a team. The Chargers will finish with a... 12 and five record this year. I'm going to put a hundred dollars on their over just to back up my words. I will send a photo of it in the group after I post the podcast. And someone says, Chris, post that ticket. I will post that ticket. Chargers go over their win total, go 12 and five and might be, they can't be the two seed. Cause I think the chiefs will win. They will be the top wild card team. My bold prediction. Now, Quickly, I would have. Lo- I, I don't want to not talk a little bit about the NBA. So I'm just going to talk about the Knicks really for Sam and my friends in um, New York. So I think the Knicks really helped their long-term growth plan this offseason. What I mean by that, and please don't – I'm not hating right now. I'm not – this is not ice tray gang. This is straight no-cap alert coming at you. Um, I think the Knicks might be the seventh seed, uh, sixth seed. I think last year between Thibodeau coming in and catching teams off guard, I think they got a couple of uh, victories that won't happen in a regular NBA season without the COVID um, COVID short timeline. I think a lot of teams rest didn't play well in back to backs. There were like, there was a big, big asterisk is the wrong word. There is a big difference in this most recent NBA season than a normal NBA season due to travel, due to COVID protocols. And I think the Knicks, because they were such a young team, they had such a intense coaching staff. I believe that they kind of really almost had the college like season where they just wanted to hoop. They just wanted to go out there. They were young, they were hungry. And between that Thibodeau, um, and Randall having a breakout year. And then you add the fact that a lot of NBA teams weren't their normal selves and there was just such an odd season and it was easy to have an off night. The Knicks really thrived. Um, I think that the addition of Walker and Fournier are going to be great additions for them, but I just don't see them having enough talent to be better than the Nets, the Bucks, the Sixers, the Heat, the Hawks, and the Celtics. Those are my top six. I think the Celtics... 
are a little bit of a sleeper. This is not a homer pick. This is more me just looking at teams who had um, bad seasons due to COVID. I also think the Heat will probably be a top three team in the East. Um, they're another team who will have a much better season. You also have to look at now the Bulls are much improved. The Hornets are much improved. Um, the Wizards are going to be pretty good. So those three teams, will I think, are right behind the Knicks. But I think the Knicks have a good spot in the seventh seed. I don't think they'll be as great. I think they had a good offseason. I don't think they had a great offseason. But here's what I will say. If they continue to have a steady win total, so let's say next year they make the playoffs. They are a formidable team. The Garden is rocking. Hopefully there aren't a ton of COVID restrictions. But if the Knicks have a good season and I'm a free agent this summer or next summer, I'm looking and I'm saying, you know what, New York's a a place I might want to go. Also add the fact that they now have a bunch of tradable contracts. I hate to say it. They probably are the favorites to get Damian Lillard. Um, I think that if the Knicks can get either Damian Lillard or some other star, they're going to be in a great position. I don't think it will be this year. I think it will either be next year or the year after. So although the Knicks will not improve much next season in the standings, I just think they um, lose value. I do believe long-term that this summer was fantastic for them. And in the next two to three years, we'll be seeing the Knicks and the Nets probably playing in an Eastern Conference final. Finally, that will be all for NBA. I'll go to a team each week because I know you guys probably don't really care that much in the summer. Finally, Eric Quasi scouting report. So here's one thing I want to just get off my chest right now. We're going to Quasi in the first week of the football. As you guys know, uh, me and our buddy Colin like to gamble. Um, and I would, I really am going to need a TV in the tent. I also think you guys will need a TV because of your um, allegiance to college football. But it's, there are some sick games in college football week one. Um, I'm looking them up right now, so we're prepared. So I think it's really important that we, are, um, that we have the equipment needed to watch some of these games. For example, Georgia Clemson is going to kick Tukas or kick butt Friday night or uh, um, actually, no, Thursday night, Ohio State place. So th- that's pre-Quasi. So this is why we need a TV on Quasi. Listen to this lineup we're going to have. Penn State, Wisconsin at noon. Kevin, I know you're a Penn State fan. That is a great game. At 3.30, we will then transfer our attention to Alabama-Miami while also flipping to the game at uh, just that. So we go from uh, – oh, flip. no, actually, we'll be flipping to Indiana-Iowa while watching Alabama-Miami. So we have Penn State-Wisconsin. Followed by Indiana, Iowa, Alabama, and Miami at 3.30. Then in the 7 o'clock slate, to whet our appetite, we have the Battle of Texas right away. Houston and Texas Tech. You probably didn't think I was going to say those teams. And finally, the nightcap, Clemson, Georgia. I think it's a necessity that we are able to watch the college football games at Quasi. All right? So that's the first thing I want to talk about in the scanning report. Now, the odds released by DraftKings this week, if someone will pee themselves in their sleep, was plus 130. The other odds were minus 150. Now, those odds really drastically changed. It's now Cars are such a big pisser. Um, we have Charter. We have Mitch. We have Jarrett. Um, we have – I've never peed anything. Um if Haas is there, I think he might piss himself. I don't know. I, I don't know, guys. I, there's a real chance that if we drink enough 
Saturday or Friday night, someone is going to pee. Um, I personally would take a no at minus 150. Um, that's just my own opinion. Secondly, this would actually be third than that last one was secondly. Um, I'm really excited to see what food we get in Labor Day uh, and also the events. Hopefully it's warm enough for a little water park splish splash. Um, but I am so fired up for quasi. I think having a tent at quasi will be supreme. Um, I hope we have to bring sunscreen. I hope it's beautiful. If someone, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. How would I express this? I missed quasi last year. So this quasi is going to be really important to me. Um, because of that, this is a great segue to my quasi power rankings. I'm putting me in the one spot. I'm now fantasy football commissioner. Um, I have 45 new youth football students. Um, I'm still in summer. I haven't done real work in like a month. Uh, I am ready for a crazy quasi rest might have a rest weekend this weekend just to prepare. I can expand my stomach, um, make sure I can eat as much as possible. I am so fired up for quasi because I missed last year. I think I deserve to be number one of the power rankings. Now, if we remember two years ago, I got so hung over. I almost delayed the trip out on the boat and didn't want to do anything. That was a tough moment for me, and I promised myself after that moment never to have another quasi like that. Actually, it was the, my most recent quasi, not three summers ago, because the photos are of me in that stupid Hawaiian shirt I wore to the concert. Never let me wear that stupid shirt again. Um, so I end up at number one. Number two in the quasi power rank has got to be Sam. He is our host. He is our boss. He is our king at quasi. Sam automatically starts number two, arguably the best host of all time. Can't wait to see what he puts on this year. Number three, we have Ryan Charter. Ryan is hot off this summer. Just highlight after highlight. Just did. I, it's not really a triathlon. He did a, a Ryan Charter type triathlon that doesn't involve drinking. Um, Ryan is just hot. You know, new girlfriend, being a beast, lives in the North End. He starts at number three. He has it. If you're going to bet on someone to fall, though, Ryan might be the guy to pick. No offense, Ryan. Number four, we have Alec Deitch. Um, because he's at grad school, I expect him to pop off in a big way. Someone might wa- wake up and their foot might be chopped off, um, but Alec is going to have an incredible quasi, I think. Wouldn't be surprised if he ends up at number one at the end. Number five, Cormac. He is now in the academy. This is his last quasi probably before he will be a cop. Um, once he is a cop, he has to act like a cop. So he's going to um, not allow us to have a lot of fun at Quasi. So this is Cormac's last big shebang. Thinks he is a valuable person to put at number five. Number six, I am going to put uh, Nooch. Nooch is flying in on a plane. So that's sick. Um, going to get picked up by the Boston boys. So he will be highly juiceful. Um, he will not be juiceless. Think Nooch has a sick Quasi. Number Eight or if I, it's seven or eight, um, I'm, I'm I can't count. You know, at a long football practice, not a big deal. Um, number eight, we have or seven, whatever is Neil. Uh, quiet but a riot. Can't wait to see Neil. Uh, I love Neil. Um, I wish I chatted with Neil more. Honestly, not someone who I wish had a bigger voice in the group. But he's such a great guy. Um, fucking just becoming like a Neil love fest. Probably should have put him higher. But Neil is my next on the power ranking. Coming up, coming in at number eight, um, I will put Kevin. Uh, 
it's just Kevin consistent. There's no way he doesn't end up in the top five. Um, but going in, Kevin's a beast. Um, and I think I'll have a great quasi. Number 10, um, I am going to put in Matt Gardner. Matt Gardner, I haven't talked to him in a while. Uh, doesn't open group me. Uh, he actually just texted me. I think I'm going to wait till tomorrow to text him just to uh, be like, dude, if you don't respond to group me, I don't re- respond to text. Not a big deal. I'm a beast. Um, but Gardner's always a pleasant time. I can't wait to see him. Uh, also someone I wish talked more than group me. Number 11, Scott. Scott should, or number 10, Scott should definitely be higher on this list. Um, I can't replace my other friends, but Scott's a beast. Can't wait to talk crypto with Scott. Uh, talk about just like life, you know, adult stuff with Scott. Oh, it's great adult stuff guy. Um, next on the power ranking, I think we just have to go there already. Uh, pains me to put him this low in the group, in the power rankings, but I think we have to go Smokes. I hope Smokes is there, I don't even though Smokes listens to this podcast. Shout out Smokes. Um, number 14, um, this is also a tough person to put this low, Petey Pablo. I hope he's coming up. Honestly, wasn't sure if he is coming up, so that's why he is so back on it. Him, I'm going to put him, Dylan, and Colin all in the same spot. I don't know how to rank them um, just because of the distance they're traveling, work commitments, and dad duty. <clears throat> Hope to see all three of them. They would also uh, probably be higher on this list each individually if I knew they were all coming. Now, uh, last but not least, um, actually, and then so ne- next we have Mitch. Um, I'm putting Mitch down because the house that was formerly known as Mitch's has just moved out of. So he now is to assert dominance with a new set of roommates. No longer is 52 Saxton Mitch's apartment. Um, unfortunately, he moved out and he also fell asleep during the day after day drinking this week. So that is why he is so low in the power rankings. After Mitch, um, we are going to go with, I got to make sure I'm not forgetting anybody. Oh my God. See, this is the problem right now. I'm trying to do the people on the last my list, but I just thought about Dirty Mike and how can't Dirty Mike be a top five? He is such a goddamn weapon. Ugh, this power ranking is too hard to do pre because there are too many beasts. How about this? We're going to do my top five. So we all remember my top five. Everyone else I'm putting in six to 15 because they're all so valuable. They're all so awesome to our friend group. I can't put them this low now. Our, actually, no. So Mitch will be outside because of his day drinking. I totally, I'm so sorry, Mike. If if you want to long stick me um, as in the defensive end movement, when we get the quasi, be my guest. We, I'll let you do a set of hands on me. And oh, I'm so sorry, dude. Finally, last is uh, Carzo. Carzo peed the bed when he drank. Um, has to go to three birthday parties this week. Uh, you know, he has a big week. He has a lot going into quasi. Um, he won't be coming in on the Shackens private jet. Rumor has it that when Carzo doesn't come in on the private jet, his performance is minus 40%. So we'll have to see if that sticks. So those are my quasi power rankings. I don't think I forgot. If, if God forbid, I forgot you on this, I am sorry because nobody in our friend group other than Mitch for his shenanigans um, this weekend, and because I'm kind of just picking on Mitch right now and because he lost his apartment and Carzo, who absolutely is last in the quasi power rankings to start, um, it's just hard to think of you guys low like that. And I'm sorry if I missed you. Hope you enjoyed the pod. Um, 35 minutes. Let's go. Awesome. Uh, bon voyage.